looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Past the Post. It's Sunday the 23rd of April. Past the Post, of course, each and every Sunday, brought to you with the compliments of Archer Park Racing. Go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. They've got all the photos up from their Dubai tour, their world tour, that Chris Wessel handled magnificently. But they had a great time, and I'm sure they'll do it again next year. Ben Norris is joining me now. Good morning, Ben. Yeah, good morning, David. You won't find a more parochial Queenslander than me, but after uh, being at Dooman yesterday, I'm a bit worried. Where were the Queenslanders? The three stakes races, all won by interstate trainers, although I suppose you could say Annabelle Nisham and Chris Waller obviously have a presence uh, in um, Queensland with satellite stables. Far too easy. David McComb from Mwillimbar and Mark Newnham won another race. Come on, Queensland, what's going on? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, of course, uh, the big time hits next Saturday when the Star Stradbroke season officially starts. We've got the Guineas, the Victory Stakes, the Del Rello next Saturday. But can't argue with you, man. It was uh, um, a fair sweep for the uh, the interstaters there at Dooman yesterday. We'll discuss this meeting in detail first up, but plenty else happening around the country yesterday. It was an interesting mix of racing because we had racing outside of the city limits in Sydney and Melbourne. We had the Hawkesbury meeting, and that's a meeting that we generally pay careful attention to because a lot of horses come out of that, that meeting and prepare for the carnival. I think that's a good case yesterday when we go through some of the, the highlights. There were three group races there yesterday. It was Mornington Cup Day as well. And, of course, for our South Australian listeners, like here in Queensland, your carnival is just around the corner. The Australasia Day kicks off four big Saturdays in the autumn next weekend. So plenty to talk about, and thanks for your company this morning. Let's go straight to Dooman, and we did have... Three listed races, the final three races on the program. The first one we're going to listen back to is the Princess Stakes. Here's the replay. Viander chance at big odds, crept away coming to the turn, original glaze off the bit, likewise divine purpose held up as Yankee Hustle and binding street gossip to the outside and Wolverine still ain't off them but starting to put in now, Viander chance had a long lead street gossip is now starting to chip into the margin, Wolverine's got a lot of work to do, Viander chance in front but street gossip the danger, up street gossip went, raced away, Badamo dead runs on, Wolverine from the back but too late, sister, it's street gossip's princess stakes, street gossip Brilliant. Beat Madabo Debt, third Wolverine, and Super Chilled in four. Then Viander Chance, who gave a sight. Followed by Yankee Hustle, <coughs> Binding, and Cotty. Then Miss Fabergé, Tyresa. Street Glory, Whisker to Whisker, Original Glaze, Old Song, and Divine Purpose out the back. 136.59 the gallop. Wolverine was uh, a solid favourite, but in saying that, Street Gossip was a very well-backed second to leg. Tommy Sherry was riding. And she had a good run in transit, and she was simply too good for them. Yes, yeah, she was. What a day for Mark Newnham. Saddled up three runners, two at Dooman, both won, and run second in the Hawkesbury Gold Rush as well. Not a bad day at the office. Exactly right. And he's first up with us this morning on Past the Post. Mark, good morning. Congratulations. Yeah, morning, David. Morning, Ben. I was looking at Street Gossip's form before the race yesterday and when all these new horses arrive here you've got to sort of do a bit of work on them and look at their CV I noticed she won a maiden at Warwick Farm in October last year her next start was enlisted company at Flemington during the spring carnival so obviously had a good enough opinion of it to make a pretty big leap like that yeah look I always have uh, she's just been her own worst enemy um, 
early days there, just wanting to overdo things. And I thought the trip to Flemington might just help her mature a little bit too. She's always been a little bit of a hot filly, so um, she was only ever going to go down there and have the one run. Um, and there wasn't much around at the time to run her in, in Sydney. So, look, in the long run, I think it's done of the world of good. Mark, when I spoke to you the other day about street gossip, um, you said to me, you know, she was a, pretty much a work in progress. She's just working it all out and learning how to settle. And you weren't sort of setting your sights too high necessarily with the Winter Carnival. Can you set your sights a little high now? She obviously will probably go to the bracelet, but that'll be a fork in the road for her perhaps? Yeah, oh, definitely. I think, look, yesterday uh, she showed now that she's a lot more tractable in running. Um, it's only at Wong a, a previous start and yesterday that I've been game to run her without the earmuffs on because um, it just got to a point where it was probably having a too relaxed. Um, but, uh, you know, she's, she's shown now that um, she's, you know, she's putting herself in the race and she's racing tractably and, um, you know, that gives her a chance to display what talent she's got. Um, so we'll go on to the bracelet now and then she'll sort of show us whether she's going to run any further or um, or we just give her a break. Mark, I think it makes a bit of difference, and this is a, a point of conjecture as well, that, of course, the Queensland Oaks, you know, the traditional distance of 2,400, but the Oaks here, for some reason, is run at 2,200. That does make some difference, doesn't it, that, that 200 metres? Oh, it certainly does. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a racing traditionalist, so, I, you know, I would... I would uh, prefer that they run those races at their at their right distance, is what I consider their right distance. But uh, in this year, looking at it personally from a from a um, from a uh, trainer's point of view, and my wife's a part owner, um, I think we're probably advantaged this year if we get that far. What about the win earlier in the day of Iowa? Real. Um Real sort of eye catcher. Uh, I know my colleague here, David Fowler, uh, tipped this horse yesterday. Um, but that was an impressive win. I mean, that, that's you would think that horse could continue to greater heights potentially during the winter. Yeah, look, he's he showed yesterday. He's he just needs um, good ground to do his best. Um, you know, he won very well first up in a in a moderate race at uh, at Hawkesbury, um, and then. Uh, he didn't. He didn't run to his best on a very heavy track at Warwick Farm. Um, you know, part of the reason bringing him up yesterday was to get on a better track, and um, he, he put them away pretty well. Tom gave him a really good ride. Um, so look, he's he's got a bright enough future. He may. Uh, they'll both travel back tonight, and he may run. Um, I'll probably put a nomination in for the Wagga Cup. But um, more likely than not, he'll he'll run in a 78 at uh, Gosford on the sixth. He's one up to 23.50. One at Newcastle at 23.50. The reason I liked him yesterday was he seemed to he presented a different form line to those we've been seeing. And to be fair, and you've got to call as you see it, it was a it was a benchmark 78 race, but a very winnable one for Iowa. But Allowing for all of that, you can only beat what's what's there in front of you. But the manner in which he won, he, he beat them very easily. He looked authoritative going to the line. Yeah, and, and look, you could see pretty much from the winning post first time around that uh, he had he was in the right position. Um, Tom gave him an exceptional ride, um, which did make it easier. But he he never looked in doubt you know, from the first from, from the first lap. So. Um, 
you know, it was nice to see him in a in a nice um, rhythm throughout. He was nice. He was relaxed. He was he paraded well. His horse had got a little bit hot his first few runs here. So typically of those European imports, they they tend to improve into their second preparation here. You know, once they get used to the, you know, just even the um, the style of racing where we we tend to jump quickly, get a spot. Um, and then slow the pace and then quicken again, whereas, um, you know, in in the UK and Ireland, they tend to just build the race, um, you know, from a long way out, and it becomes, you know, just becomes a real test of stamina, whereas here you've still got to have a bit of speed. A, a very fine red. She ran a nice second in the Hawkesbury Gold Rush yesterday. Can we expect to see her in Queensland during the winter? Yeah, she'll come up for the bright shadow on the 13th. Uh, 1100 metres listed mares. So the first two runs back this time have both been very good and she's had to take on the boys. Uh, would have just loved to have seen something, just put it to Malkovich a little bit early yesterday, whereas she had to do a lot of the donkey work and she was really honest and, and that's her all the time. She runs very well. She handles all types of conditions and, uh, you know, dropped back to fillies and mares, both should suit her. I know you've had several conversations with Steve Hewlett on Racing HQ, but just for our past the post listeners, we know you're heading to Hong Kong. What, what's the timetable? I'm actually at the airport now, but uh, I'll only I'll be there for a week. Uh, yeah, better, yeah, I'll be back Monday week, um, and that's just to finalise a few things um, there. I've, I've got uh, to appoint an assistant trainer and um, and do a few things for the club and and uh, have a few meetings with owners. Um, and then um, most likely, I might even have our last runners on the 13th at Durban, um, one of which will be a very fine red. Those meetings with owners, Mark, sounds like a few long lunches in your immediate future, perhaps? Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye on the waistline. I, might, uh, I, think, I think my routine will be... Um, uh, get up in the morning, uh, use the use the gym, and um, and then prepare for a long day, long day <laughs> at the lunch table and dinner table. So, um, it, look, it's it's something that um, it's part of doing business there. And look, it's been very productive for me in the past when um, you know I've travelled there and I've got quite a big Hong Kong clientele. So generally. Um, that's how they like to do business. They like to meet first and, and meet over a meal and and, um, and progress things from there. Gee, sounds like we're right in my sweet spot. Just a, a point of interest, and, and some listeners may be aware of this, but I, I was talking to you about this last week. The, the colours, those um, blue and black colours that, you know, for instance, Shadow Hero ran in, I, I for some reason, assume they were Hong Kong colours, but they're not, are they? Can you just uh, explain those colours yeah, to us? no, no. They're, they're, um, they're my wife's colours, and... Um, um, as as I've I've been prone to do over the years, I buy I buy birthday presents that probably suit both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I get some use out of, so I bought her a set of colours one year, and um, and uh, we've used them ever since. Um, and uh, look, some of our owners use them as well. And because um, of David Loy, when we started with the shadow horses, um, he didn't have any colours of his own, and then we had a bit of luck in those, so they just remained in them. But um, oh no, they're uh, they look good when they're winning. Mark, hope everything goes well uh, next week in this preparatory stage of your extending your career going to Hong Kong. But um, as far as yesterday was concerned, a great day at of the office. Thanks for being with us this morning. Yeah, great. Anytime, guys.
There is Mark Newnham joining us this morning, preparing street gossip to victory in the listed princess stakes. And uh, took all honours. Madame Odette running second was a better run than the first up run, and she had to endure a bad barrier as well. So that was an encouraging uh, performance second up, and she may well be headed on an Oaks path. Wolverine, um, the the the... The alley, I'm not saying brought about her downfall, but because of the alley, she was a long way back. She had to try and sustain her run. She was good, but she's just, well, not finding it difficult to win, impossible to win, and she's had plenty of starts here in Australia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know Tony Gollan was very impressed by uh, Madame Odette running second yesterday, but there was no taking away from street gossip. Mark Newnham, uh, one of the really, really good guys in racing. We really wish him all the best in Hong Kong. I have a feeling that move's been coming for a while, that the club over there has been chasing him, and he is dead set right. He is, uh, uh, you know, quite lean at the moment. I reckon three years in Hong Kong, he'll dead set come back my size with all the lunches and wining and dining of clients you do over there. He cut a very svelte figure in the uh, Svelte. Svelte. <laughs> <laughs> svelte figure because... He was immaculately dressed, and I thought he was auditioning for fashions on the field. He was just standing there. He was the solitary person, and I think he was just waiting for a, a stage to appear that he could, or a catwalk that he could be on. Well, exactly. I actually heard him. I just happened to be next to him when he delivered the instructions for, for, to uh, Tom Sherry for street gossip in the Princess Stakes, and it was simply this. Do what you did before on Isle. <laughs> that was the extent of the instructions. So I think Tom Sherry had ridden street gossip quite a bit and had a lot to do with us, so he didn't really need any instructions. Just on Iowa, there's a bit of scope there because um, uh, he's, you know, relatively lightly raced at import. This is his second campaign. But around the next few months, there's plenty of cups around, particularly Stone Cups. So, you know, like here we've got um, Tattersall's, Ipswich, Sunshine Coast, then Grafton, and, uh, of course... The scone is coming up as well uh, in a few weeks' time. So uh, he, he, he bashed up an ordinary lot yesterday, but he did it with with ease. Yeah, he did. And Tom Sherry, that was his first look at Dooman uh, yesterday. So, um, yeah. Mark was telling me he hadn't been to Dooman before, so we can expect to see uh, the interstate invasion of Sydney jockeys starting to arrive. I know Nashra Willow will be here next week riding Rothfire in the Victory Stakes and also, I forget the name of, Kovleka uh, in the Queensland Guineas, which is the current... Um, Queensland Derby favourite for Chris Waller and, and Nev Morgan and Co. That's a horse that, of course, was very impressive during the summer, won the, won the Grand Prix. Let's go to the last race of the day. This promised plenty. This was the Mick Dippman plated listed level. A great gathering of uh, potentially top-line three-year-olds. Uh, the favourite was Chitty Boom. Here's the replay. Golden Boom looks to be going. Great guns outside of Bazique. Then came Spiritualized, followed by Lady Laguna. End assembly can't get clear. And then down the outside, Swiss Exile with a fair run. Swiss Exile's coming pretty strongly, in fact. And Lady Laguna gets the split. Swiss Exile the outside. Lady Laguna the inside. They'll fight it out. Lady Laguna and Swiss Exile. Lady Laguna beats Swiss Exile. Lubrication third. Golden Boom fourth. Then came Deer Trail, midnight in Tokyo, followed by End Assembly, Bazique, Spiritualized, well back was Controlocracy, then Miss Wallflower, Exo Lady, Ring of Steel, and Jenny Boom, her worst run ever. She's finished at the tail end in 1366. Yes, this was an excellent result uh, for Annabelle Neesham, uh, not only preparing the, the winner, Lady Laguna, but also providing the runner up in Swiss Exile. So 1 2 for Annabelle Neesham. Of course, Todd Pollard uh, manages the, the Brisbane stable. He's an excellent young horseman and he's joining us now to discuss the result yesterday. Todd, as you joined us, uh, it was a great result for, for yourself and Annabelle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on this morning. It was great to get the uh, 
get the win yesterday, but not only that, Cornella the race are up against some pretty tidy horses. It was great for Lady Laguna as well because she'd actually won her first two starts. In fact, her first win, her debut, was at Eagle Farm, and I think that was back in November 21. She's had a few goes since without winning, but always performed competitively in, in good company. So that win yesterday would be a good confidence booster for her. Yeah, it's a um, great reward for the owners, um, but she's just been such a tough filly throughout. She wasn't expected to actually bought her out of a out of the paddock as a uh, weanling, I think. But um, before yesterday, she was seven times stakes place without having uh, the capital letters and black type next to her uh, name. So finally, she got that uh, H win, and probably all through her two-year-old um, career, she never was a uh, big filly at all. And the question was probably whether she comes back as a three-year-old or if all the other horses catch up, but she's um, a completely different horse. We said, I've been up here for about a year now, so I haven't seen her as much, but when she turned up to the stable, you would hardly recognise what she was a year ago. She's really actually grown in strength and then shows that, you know, that she can be competitive as a three-year-old and should uh, continue to progress well as an older horse as well. Todd, congratulations. I guess your confidence with her must have um, sprouted wings with the barrier draw because it, it appeared a messy race on paper for some of the speed horses out wide, but Lady Laguna just threw beautifully in barrier two, so you just sort of sit there and smoke the pipe without, um, you know, using too much energy early. Yeah, for sure, and she's always got the good gate speed and travels well, um, but they're, they're fast horses up in Queensland, aren't they? Like, you know, you've got to have a lot of early speed, tactical speed to be able to hold some of them out, and we knew she'd jump and put us south right there, but probably expecting some of those horses out wider to cross us, and they did, but um, she's, she's a filly that probably can go a little bit hard within herself, so I think the 1,100 metres really suited yesterday, and the good speed just had, helped her to travel a bit kinder than what she uh, sometimes would, and she's probably a bit more mature now as well. Back in you know her earlier start, she'd probably be a bit keen, but she's uh, developing into much more of a um, all-round racehorse now, which is good to see. As you said, she's multiply group place, but it's good to have a black type victory now against her name from a, a, a you know a potential sale or brew missile down the road. The only issue is, or as we leave yesterday, and that's a great result yesterday, winning that race, a high quality race. But um, I'm I'm a great supporter of our, our racing carnival here during the, the the winter months, but there is an absence of three year old fillies races, which uh, doesn't sit well for Lady Laguna. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, next start she can go to the Gold Coast Guineas over 1,200 metres, but I think there's a bit of a lack of, um, you know, they all start to step up in distance after that as well. So I don't think she's a filly that definitely doesn't see further than um, the 1,200 metres as well. So it's not like you can head to a free best or anything uh, with her. But um, it is a bit of a shame. I mean, even a horse like Controllocracy who ran in the same race yesterday, she was at long odds and... Didn't have a lot of luck, but it was a bit of a throw at the stumps because, mm. you know, for those sprinters and the three-year-old fillies, there aren't many options um, through the carnival. So you have to have them ready early, and then there's probably not much, um, you know, for the next couple of months. Yeah, it, it's a good point. Um, the Guineas, which, of course, we run at the Sunshine Coast in a fortnight, you've got the Derby McCarthy on the 20th. That's 11 uh, 10. You've got the Queensland Day Stakes. 1,200, but these are open three-year-olds, not not um, not three-year-old fillies races. There is a three-year-old fillies race on Tattersall's race day, June 24. So, I mean, it's two months away. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And is that the um, rate that it's just for metro prize money as well, isn't it? There's yeah, no exactly. To it. So, yeah, it is a little bit tricky, but, um, yeah, she'll, she'll go to the Gold Coast Guineas in a fortnight. She seems to have bounced out of it perfectly. So we'll have one more run with her, and then I guess look forward to the next preparation. I must admit, I felt mildly sorry for Brodie Law yesterday. Uh, Swiss exile loomed as the winner, only to be knocked off by the stablemate in the final stages. But lovely to see him back to form. We remember him obviously winning the, the Champagne Classic last winter and, and been to a lot of big dances since, but um, appeared to maybe lose a bit of form or, um, you know, certainly hasn't been near the, near the money of late. So it was great to see him sort of recovering some of that form from last year. Yeah, absolutely. So he actually, at the end of last preparation, went and had um, a wind operation, which um, was restricting him, and that's why his form tailed off towards the end of last preparation. And um, he won that 1,400-metre race um, in the winter last year up here, and it was probably a question mark with his breathing, whether he does see out the 1,400, but he managed to that day. So he's back and seems a lot happier and you know able to relax and finish off his races again now. Um, first up for the campaign, he was really good and probably second up on that heavy track down at Randwick. He just um, didn't really hit out at all. So good to see him uh, race well yesterday, but he's a nice horse. That, you know, he'll go to the Gold Coast Guineas and then possibly press on to a Fred Best as well. We know he does get the 1,400 metres and now he's got his breathing sorted. Hopefully um, he gets the 1,400 metres and see what we do with him after that. Yeah, worth remembering, of course, he ran so well uh, to She's a Belter the size last year. Tell us about Zaki. What's happening there? Oh, so he travels up tonight from Sydney. Um, so we'll look forward to the Hollandale with him. So we'll be a bit on uh, edge for the next couple of weeks now that we've got a horse like him in the stable, which is, you know, obviously great to have a horse like him, but adds a bit more pressure um, every day to make sure everything's all right with him. But we'll look forward to seeing him. I think... Um, by the sounds of things, he's quite hairy and woolly. He's already got his winter coat, so we might have to look at, look at clipping him this week. But he'll have a couple of nice cutouts uh, during the week. But I think anyway, if she's over the moon with the way he's come on with his uh, fresh up run. It's really brought him on. And uh, the Hollandale up at the Sunny Coast, I'd say, it'll be a track that would suit him. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll go to the Hollandale and then press on to the Dermot Cup again. Uh, there, there was a thought a week or so ago, I heard a bit of conjecture that he might just go to the Dermot Cup. Um, and skip the Hollandale, so he'll definitely run in, in the Hollandale. That's Has that always been the plan? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's always been the plan to go uh, to the Hollandale. Just be a while between runs. Um, I think possibly a horse like New Marion, he might just come up and go straight to the Dooman Cup and not go to the Hollandale. Um, but, yeah, they're probably our two main hopes for races like that, and, um, yeah, see if they sort of press on to a Q22. Um, a horse like Hopeful ran really well last year, and... Uh, was fresh up yesterday after a long time off with a little uh, injury, so uh, that horse would take a lot of improvement from yesterday's run in the Hawkesbury Gold Cup and hopefully come up and race in uh, those sort of three big races as well. And what about, I know we're still a little while away from it, um, we've not even really hit the start of the carnival yet, but Stratty horses, I mean Annabelle's always got one or two of those in the back pocket, Have you, has, has there been anything earmarked so far for, for a Strabra? Um, possibly military expert. He was disappointing fresh up the other day on the uh, wet track, though, but he would have been a, sort of an ideal candidate for it. But um, probably for the stable up here, we have a horse like Hollyfield going towards it. Um, he should be safely into the race now, and it's just a matter of plotting a path to get him there. Um, his work on Saturday 
was uh, very, very good. He's, he's like his old self at the moment, very keen and enthusiastic. So we might, we're going to give him a trial or a jump out on Thursday, but we might, um, he's already had one for the preparation. We might head straight to the victory stakes next Saturday and um, then sort of plot, a, plot the best, best path to the stratum. Um, you know, hopefully get him with a nice weight. He won't, he'll probably be around the 54, 54 and a half mark and, you know, it's obviously handicap conditions, so anything can happen, and hopefully he can uh, run well. Yes, he is the Doom and Track record holder, Holy Phil. one seven seventy four. he uh, achieved last campaign. Just before you go, and thanks for the, the, the commentary on, on yesterday and, and, and horses coming up, what about yourself? You're, uh, you, you manage the Brisbane sta- Satellite Stable for Annabelle. Any thoughts about going out on your own? Oh, not just yet. I'm enjoying it. My time with um, Annabelle, that's for sure. It's been a great opportunity. Obviously, from New Zealand, worked for uh, Stephen Marsh over there, but it's probably the best thing I've ever done was um, managing to get in touch with Annabelle and come over to work for her. Um, I don't think there's any rush when you're um, you know, working for such a good trainer. And obviously, uh, coming up to Eagle Farm, it's been great for you know me going forward as a trainer as well. You learn a lot, of, um, make a few mistakes, but learn from them along the way and work with some nice horses as well. So I think it's a good way to sort of you know step out on your own eventually, but definitely enjoy my time with Annabelle. So I'm in no rush. It's a bit of a long apprenticeship. I've wanted to train since I was about 12 years old. So we'll get there eventually, but just want to make sure everything's done right. I think you can uh, sometimes get out too early so you just have to make sure you know everything's in uh, perfect order and you know wait for the right opportunity to step out but that'll still be a few years away it'll certainly come thanks for your time this morning todd thanks for having me on todd pollard joining us this morning and he is a, a very very professional young horseman he will make a trainer i'd say a very successful trainer too very much in the mold of jack bruce yeah absolutely uh well presented um young man for sure um of the beaten brigade, I am convinced uh, that Lubrication is going to win a, a nice race um, at some point. We had eighty-one dollars yesterday and, and stormed home and ran really well. I thought Golden Boom. I'm I'm not sure if you're willing to be forgiving, but I certainly am. Three wide with no cover, only beaten um, or beaten less than two lengths. I thought that was certainly a forgive run. Deer Trail, I thought was tremendous for Tony Gollan. Definitely a nice race there. Um, Chinny Boom, of course, pulled up lame, so was well beaten when Ben Thompson tried to let it go. There was nothing there, so obviously uh, lame, and we'll have to uh, await further news there. Yeah, so a legitimate uh, excuse for, for her you know, well below par performance. Um, Golden Boom, yes, I am maybe not as as forgiving, but maybe I mark him too high. Uh, Spiritualised had to do some work, but I thought he might have given a little better over the last 200 metres. In December, he had some difficulty getting clear, so a bit hard to assess his run, but I agree with you with the lubrication. At midnight in Tokyo, he's been a bit down on form, but I thought her uh, finishing effort was good. So we'll see several of these, of course, move forward, and like yesterday's race, that Gold Coast Guineas at the Sunshine Coast in two weeks, is shaping as a good race. And a whole different ball game too up there. Big, spacious track. Yeah, I really like that meeting going up there, actually. Um, I suppose I had no choice with the Gold Coast unavailable, but it just adds a different dimension uh, to that race day, doesn't it? Certainly every horse gets their chance on the Sunshine Coast. Exactly right. Now, we'll listen to the last of our listed features before we go to some of the other races. So let's go to the tail stakes, and this was a very open affair. 
Master Jamie coming to the turn in front from Tumbler Ridge. Wabati being felt for. Sefi is yet to go. Skyman on the way forward, three wide. Yonkers head of the others, heading for home. Master Jamie leads away from Tumbler Ridge. Then Wapati. Sefi is called upon. Skyman still putting in. And then came Santero and Yonkers. Master Jamie led. Tumbler Ridge can't get it as yet. Sefi is in Skyman putting in strongly, particularly Skyman. Skyman with the one saddlecloth, raced up at the lead and has won the tails. Beats home. Photo. We've got in the centre, Cepheus, the inside master, Jamie, and Irish playboy up wider, Santero passing a few, then London Banker, followed by Wapati, Tumbleridge gave up, then Dune 45, and Yonkers trailed them home in 136 and 39. Yes, uh, it was an open race on paper. Any one of the, the, the ten could have won, and I think that was reflected in the result with uh, three lengths from first to last. So bunch finishes sometimes can be... A little um, worrying from a, a future form point of view, but look, Skyman's one of those horses. Once he hits his straps, uh, he's he, he's competitive. He won't always win, but uh, yesterday was the right race for him. He was fitter after his most recent run. He had a trial since then. Jimmy Orman gave him a good run, and he was the best horse on the day. Yeah, he was. Is that really a stakes race? Uh, well, it's a listed race. It's a stakes race. Yeah. Well, what are you saying? Not much of a race, is it? Well, it it it, 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 it may not have been the best version of the tail stakes yesterday, but it wasn't the, not the worst version. I'd, I wouldn't argue that point as strongly. Okay. But well you, done, well done, you know, to, you well know done, best. well done to Chris Waller and Jimmy Orman. Cepheus was good. Master Jamie led, gave a sight, was backed at odds. An Irish playboy, he's getting ready to win a race. Not quite sure where it is, but his run in finishing fourth was good. Yeah, I think Cepheus, Cepheus was okay yesterday. I spoke to Matt Dunn. I think they're going to look at potentially a Doom and Cup for him. There was at one point, uh, you know, maybe going to freshen him up for a Stradbroke, uh, but definitely the Doom and Cup on the agenda. It was an okay run yesterday. Obviously, the previous run on a heavy track in the Doncaster was a complete wipeout. As they say, the undercard, there's my new word though, the undercard also uh, uh, delivered some interesting results, which we're going to look at now or have a listen to firstly. Let's go to the fifth race of the day, a benchmark 90 and several promising horses resuming. F Troop tried to slip them. Boom over under pressure. 15 rounds gets out. Far too easy running on. And Sweet Margot May's got work to do. F Troop's in front. Far too easy is coming like a bomb. Far too easy in 15 rounds went to F Troop. No Sweet Margot May. Far too easy. A far too good for them. Or is far too good for them. Beat home 15 rounds. Salatine emerged late third. Then F Troop. Sweet Margot May doing her best work late. Then Proper Rogue. Shamrock Luby. What a my friend. Followed by Sir Warwick. Dr. Zeus. Dennis. Share Boom Nova, Grey Nova, Grey Wormen last over the line. Miss Divine M in 1399. Yes, despite that grammatical malfunction by me, it was uh, a very good return by by far too easy. Considering, you know, when you looked on paper, had the wide alley, the big weight first up, but he showed how classy he is. Yeah, I get a feeling this is a horse just because of his backstory and the story of his trainer, David McComb, that, that you know, we can really get around it and punters can really warm to. He's been through a bit, this horse, but gee whiz, he's got some ability. He's a very good horse, and his trainer, David McComb, joins us now here on Past the Post. David, thanks for being with us this morning, and um, you would have left the track feeling very happy yesterday because that's exactly what you wanted to see, and he delivered in spades. Uh, yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yeah, look, he, he certainly did. Um, he um, he um, rose to the occasion... 
um, wonderfully. He, um, we went there. We, I was a little bit worried, obviously, about the weight and the barrier to begin with. Um, but when when I was talking to Jimmy, as is with all good riders, I just said to him, "I'm going to leave it up to you. You do what you think." And um, and and Jimmy delivered in spades. You've always known you've had a good horse um, with this guy, David, but it hasn't always been easy, has it? Just run us through some of his backstory because it has been... uh, He's had a fascinating career, which has involved floods and and all sorts of things. Yeah, look, he has. He's... um you know, in his early career there, um, early start, he was associated with Chris Caserta, obviously, and, and we all know what's happened to Chris. Um, and then, um, you know, after Chris's passing um, last year, we were we, we were eligible for the... Uh, we won the qualifier for the country championships, and he won that in, in fine federal. It was a really good run, a tough run at, at Grafton. And uh, he qualified for that um, for that country championship, and then two weeks after that race, we had the biggest flood in history here in Mullumba, um and uh, all the horses, the stables. I've, I've, I've built my stables well above any previous flood level, um, but this flood. Um, was way higher than what we we'd ever seen, and so the water actually entered the stables um, 800 mil deep. So the whole, all the horses were in water, um, <clears throat> which um, which at the time preparing him for the country championships was um, not ideal. The track was inundated. Um, there was about three meters of water over the racetrack, uh, so we couldn't use that for you know a couple of weeks. Um, Racing New South Wales came to our rescue and and offered us to offered to send us down to Scone. Uh, so we relocated down to Scone and and continued his preparation, but it was really interrupted and wasn't the ideal preparation leading into that country championships. And um, he still ran fourth, and it was a gallant fourth. Um, uh, so, but it did it did uh, it did hinder us in 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 many ways. Um, so, you know, this preparation coming into yesterday, he he's had a really really lovely prep. Um, we gave him a, a, a really good spell. Um, he ran second in the Kosciuszko last year. We gave him a good spell after that. He grew, he matured, he strengthened up, um, and I just feel that we're in for a really really great prep. And speaking of that, that's a great lead into the, to, to my next question. In terms of his prep, you've sort of plotted a path to, to potentially culminate in the Stradbroke. It's not without risks along the way, but just tell our listeners what you plan to do with him now over the next few weeks. Um, okay, so his next assignment will be the um, the ATC Cup at at the Sunshine Coast. That's the Gold Coast meeting that's been transferred up there. Um, then he will go to the um, he will go to the BRC uh, uh, the BRC sprint um, and which is thirteen fifty. Um, now on this on the way there at the moment he's a ninety two rating. After yesterday, I'm not one hundred percent sure what they're going to give him. So he he needs to get his rating up over the hundred to to probably get into the into the Strad Road. Um, and uh, so we'll go to the, 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 the BRC sprint and then 
and then if he if we do get into Strode Road, well, that's where we'll head. And of course, with the BRC spread, if you win that race, I think uh, you're uh, assured of an entry in the Strode Road, are you not? That's my belief. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I, that's um, yes. I, that, that's that's correct. And, and that is that is right, David. And look, if um, you could get him into a Stradbroke, I, I tell you what, with his booming finish uh, at Eagle Farm, uh, he certainly wouldn't be out of place, would he? He he, he would. Uh, they would know he was there. Um, look, guys, I, I, I don't. I'm not taking this lightly, and you know, like to go into a race like the Stradbroke, you need a good horse. Um, and but I believe in my heart that this horse has that potential to run a really good race. I mean, you know, he 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 went around in the guineas, the three-year-old guineas at, at, at the Gold Coast as a three-year-old. Um, and, um, you know, King of Sparta won that and, and Mimi Lagarde ran second. He was he was outstanding in that, I thought, personally, and I believe now he is a lot better horse than that. And, and I think the 1,400 at Eagle Farm, he'll have a really, really lightweight. <clears throat> I, just, I just think that, you know, he'll run a bottler. We look forward to seeing him in two weeks' time at the Sunshine Coast. But we saw his trial and was dynamic. We saw his win yesterday was dynamic. So I think you're spot on, David, that uh, he's come back come back guns a-blazing. Ho- we hope to talk to you again during the carnival. All right. Thanks, guys, and thank you for that. David McCabe joining us this morning here on Past the Posted. Uh, he... He knuckles down that horse. He puts his head down. He's a real line finder. Yeah, I'd put him in the fairy tale horse category if he can make it to the Strabroke. I mean, I, I love stories like this. You know, for for every you know million dollar colt, and you know all the, the you know as much as we love them, the, the Godolphins and the Chris Wallers and all the big stables. Uh, give me the story of the Mwilin Bar trainer with the horse that's you know survived floods and and all sorts of things. And of course, you mentioned David there the tragic you know mm. Chris Caserta. Chris Caserta did all the early work on this horse. So, and and add to the fact he's a very very good horse. There's just so many strings to this story. I, I for one would love to see him in a straight break from a journalistic point of view. I tell you what, he, he's Jerry Wright for a lot more stories from me. This horse, if he gets there, we'll see him on Saturday week. Let's go to the last of our replays from Dooman yesterday. This was the first leg of the banquetty. Argyle Peak in front, Mississippi Prince laying down the law. Indispensable's coming strongly with Tillianam. Soon afterwards, Mississippi Prince under pressure. Tillianam reached the lead. Indispensable is trying to go with it, then Argyle Peak, but Tillianam with a weight pull has the better of Indispensable. Tillianam pulled away. Too good for them. Beat home. Indispensable. Argyle Peak, Aussie Duggan flying, and Legal Esprit not far away. Then came Mississippi Prince, Wairari Falls passing a few. Then Stardome, Rathlin, Tremonto, Wellback Hilo, and Wits End and Barnard last home in 1984. You might think that Tillingham has been up for a long time. Well, you would be right because she has, but she responds to this racing program of her runs being spaced three and four weeks and uh, uh, a mare that uh, is going well uh, might get any easier over the next few weeks, but um, she got the job done yesterday. Yeah, I watched Tony Gollan's, uh I can't remember what the show's called, but the, the final the, gallop, the final gallop, and he um, last week, and he always thought this uh, girl was just going to get a beautiful run and be the, you know, probably the one to beat from the barrier that she drew. So if you're on her, uh, there weren't too many concerns there at all. Our goal pink, 
was interesting. The stable mate was heavily back. Probably overdid it a bit in the lead to run third. Yeah, probably thirteen. I know she's. What have you done then? Kick something out. I got scared by the window cleaners. Oh, what? A, what about the window cleaners outside the window? Yeah, Imagine know. doing that for a job. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. how could you do that? It's even just frightening to watch. You want to be paid a bit, wouldn't you? Anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, next week, of course, as we said, the start of the Star Stranbroke season at Eagle Farm. Two Group Two races: the Queensland Guineas, the Victory Stakes, and the listed Dalrello. And it's also Robbie Frad Day next week as well. Robbie's going to be um, celebrated by the BRC and he's got a, a big function there. So there's a race named after him too, the Robbie Fred Handicap. Let's take a break. Plenty to discuss on the other side of this. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. You're listening to Radio Tab's Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Yes, welcome back to Past the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. As we said, Past the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Their website is archerparkracing.com.au and we wish them well with Counter Beans in the Archer in Rocky at Rockhampton next Sunday. We'll be talking more about the Archer right through the week, but of course also on race morning here on Past the Post. Let's review the three Group 3 races at Hawkesbury yesterday. The first one we're going to listen to is the Hawkesbury Guineas. Rosetta was the favourite at $4.20. They spin the home bend. True Crime, the leader. Hell I Am's locked up behind. Atmosphere moves up. Followed by Cote. Hawaii 5-0's under a tight grip for now. She's coming down the outside quickly. Razita got left flat-footed when they sprinted. Here's Hawaii 5-0. Oh, he exploded. 200 metres to go. The Guineas is over. Just like that. Atmosphere. Cote. Sizzle, Manizzle. Razita, they box on. But how good that? Hawaii 5-0. What a win. Beat Atmosphere. Photo for third. They've absolutely queued up. You've got Kote, Sizzle Manizzle, Razita, Mumbai Jewel, Territory Express, the maiden has gone a bit of a race. Then True Crime, Hell I Am, Avebury, a lot more love. But how about that? Hawaii Fibo goes bang in the guineas. Yes, he's the full brother to the ill-fated Libertini, and uh, visually visually he was dynamic, but the, the time was there as well. 121.94, He beat them easily, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be seeing him up here. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, the Hawkesbury Guineas, of course, is a, a, traditionally a pretty good race. I mean, Chautauqua sort of announced himself through there, even going further back, uh, horses like Mr. Innocent. But that was arguably, you could suggest the win of the day anywhere, really. Um, like, not in the, the, you know, the necessarily the the best horse that won on the day, but just uh, the way he did it was sensational. And I uh, love the name too, Hawaii 5-0. Uh, John Singleton, I think Ray Hadley and a few other heavy hitters in the ownership, so I'm sure we will see him up in Brisbane for sure. And yeah. Certain. yeah, Singo and, uh, and Jerry Harvey. Jerry bought a share off uh, John uh, to, to be in the horse, and then they've included Ray Hadley. But uh, Hawaii 5-0 out of the mare, Aloha. And do you remember the show, Hawaii 5-0? bit before my time, but I reckon I might have watched a couple of old reruns. Yeah. I reckon you would. <clears throat> what was it about? Was a, I know it was about Hawaii. Yeah, it was set in Hawaii, obviously. Yeah, it was one of, those, was it a, one of those 70s police got, shows. Do you have any idea? No. Yeah, well, I never used to watch it, but hmm. a bit like Buddy... Um, I don't know, we won't go into that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go into your viewing habits. No, I just started to think of all those police <laughs> shows in the 70s and... Um, anyway, let's go to the Hawkesbury crowd. Now, Nash was seen to advantage. Nash Rilla on Hawaii 5-0. He continued his good fortune with a very good ride to win on Princess Grace. 
On the bend, expat 400 metres to go. She's the leader from Barossa Rosa. Larkspur run. Princess Grace is picking her way through the field, looking for the gaps. He's running through into a tight opening there now. She's squeezing through. Tycoon Evie, Written Beauty, but Princess Grace got the run completely now and burst to the lead, 100 to go. Clear from a wall of horses. Great ride from Nash. He pushed her through Princess Grace and she was too good. Wall of horses for second, third, fourth. Expat Tycoon Evie, Dalcini's jumped out of the ground. Written Beauty, bring the ransom, Nikki's fling Meg. Back behind those then was Never Talk, Serla, Mer, Barossa, Rosa, and Catalan knocked up after the wide run. The China Horse Club paid around two and a half million for this mare, Princess Grace, and uh, she was ridden uh, very well by Nash. He had to negotiate a, a path. There wasn't a lot of room, but he made sure he was going to get through that gap, and then she did the rest and moved away to score. Yeah, terrific win. Would there be many horses with this sort of background that have raced in Australia? I mean, it had a significant racing career in America. Mm. We wouldn't have seen too many horses that had raced uh, for that long in America come and race in Australia, would we? I mean, I'm sure there'd be cases of it, but, yeah, pretty rare example. Yeah, exactly right. I think the plan is uh, to, to give her a break and then prepare her for the spring, but I wouldn't totally rule out the Tattersall's tiara, but... That's a little while down the track. But this is what's going to happen over the next week or so. Uh, all of these plans will be made by these horses, by the, well, the trainers and connections of these horses, whether they come to Brisbane or not. But we may see Princess Grace. I was remembering those police shows now, Ironside with Raymond Burr. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, I know him. He played Perry Mason, didn't he? Yeah, Barnaby Jones, Buddy Ebsen. Mm. We should tip our hat to the... Barry Humphreys. Yeah. He passed away overnight. You actually mentioned that to me. Be, you know, it's one of those moments, isn't it? You kind of it you is. go, oh, wow. You know? It is. Very let's, funny guy. Let's go to the Gold Cup. And the favourite here was Floating Artist. Floating artist to the outside as they enter the home straight. Jojo was a man is tough. He hits the lead. Wild chap went up the fence. Boxing on was Desert Icon. And New Mandate is letting rip with a brilliant turn of foot. Here comes New Mandate on the outside. He goes to Desert Icon. Jojo was a man. New Mandate hits the lead. And he's pulling clear. New Mandate, a nice horse. He wins the Hawkesbury Cup by two on Desert Icon. Nash went close to sweeping them. Then behind them was Jojo was a man and just folk in photo for third, then Birdebeck floating artist, followed by Lord Ardmore, he got too far back then came Wild Chap Superium character, well back lure me in, Kiss the Bride got very tired and Wild Chap is one of the last as they pull up with Dynasty. He's a smart man Chris Waller, you don't need to tell me you don't need me to tell you that but he divided his team between the much maligned listed tail stakes in the between the Ben Norries <laughs> and the Hawkesbury Gold Cup, and he was able to win both. He won the tails with Skyman, and he won the Hawkesbury Gold Cup with New Mandate, a horse who we only saw here in Australia late last year. I think his first run was in that Five Diamonds race, but he was uh, quite authoritative there yesterday, put a gap on them at the finish. Yeah, that was his first uh, Australian win, and again continues the theme, doesn't it, of these uh, European imports who... You know, whether it's sooner or later, they just prove so good out over a mile or further, don't they, in Australia? Mm. I mean, we saw that obviously with Dubai Honor and Animo at the, the, the top level. Animo, of course, retired uh, during the week. But uh, yeah, these former Poms um, keep on keeping on down under. A treble uh, of winners for Chris Waller and Nashville Willow took riding honours with a treble. Let's go to Morfordville, and the group race was the R and Irwin, the ninth race at Group 3 level. In the boat was the favourite.
In the boat on the outside of Cumin, they swing together in the Irwin. A couple of lengths on Maliva. Serides looking to shoulder out. She can't do so at the moment. Maliva's holding her in. Kalos whizzed on by them. Out wider. Kalos raced up now with Maliva to grab in the boat and Cumin. Kalos edging away from Maliva in the boat and Cumin. Then Serides and another award, but it's the toppy. Kalos, three on the trot, takes the Irwin. Over Maliva, another award. An eye-catching run into third. Either General Bow or Serides, then Cumin in the boat was overhauled, followed by at the head of the others, Larimer Street, Manhattan Times, Gays Gree and Shimino. Kalos is flying for Godolphin and will now go to the Goodwood. Uh, he'd won twice at Flemington up the straight and then successfully at Group 3 level yesterday. Uh, ben Mellum riding, treble for Ben Mellum yesterday, beating Maliva and another award. Third, she'll go to the Sangster. Let's have a listen now to the Redelva. This race was for the three-year-olds. Big field here over the 1,100 metres. Zabella has the lead, but burrowing up is I'm Loving You, and they're about to swing for home. Zabella, I'm Loving You holds the rail, and Renosu's about to join them three deep, so faster back of the speed. Miss Rosiano and Dullwider out with press down, cutting loose. I'm Loving You accelerated away from Renosu, put up two lengths at the 200. I'm Loving You, two lengths on Renosu, press down, running on seven vowels, but I'm Loving You is going to give them a galloping lesson in the Redelva. I'm Loving You, beat either pressed down or seven veils who flew late. Renosu capitulated to fourth. Red Zeus ran on with hope at hand. Rockstar Megzi, Grey River, then Miss Rosiano, followed by Zufasta, Lady Die Die. Then came Duel, Prance and Dance, Wango Award, a tiring Zabella and Zufasta. She's only lightly raced. She was first up there yesterday. Mick Price was actually at Morfordville and uh, he gave the indication that she'll be back for the Sangster in two weeks' time. And a very intelligent ride by Zach Spain. She had the speed to hold the rail, but he didn't go too hard to get into a speed battle. So he was able to just uh, hold the rail and then accelerate on her in the early part of the straight. And she did the rest. There was a, a good margin there. Final replay we're going to have a listen to from Morfordville yesterday is the City of Adelaide. They will for home in the city of Adelaide and Morvada's eyeing off back to back a couple of lengths on Ballynora and goes for home. Ayrton now into the clear, starting to hum. Saskatoon, Chicago Storm, Lord Vladivostok held up. Mike Khalifa and Rich Gina. Ballynora reaches Morvada. Here's Mike Khalifa joining in. Mike Khalifa screams to the lead and runs away with the city of Adelaide. Mike Khalifa beat Rich Gina. Lord Vladivostok made it interesting for third with Chicago's Storm, Ayrton close up, as was Ballynora, Saskatoon, Last Girl Love, then a tiring Morvada, Regalo di Gaetano, Pudding, and No Name Lane is a distant last. Lockie Neindorf riding for Gordon Richards and Damien Moyle in training partnership. Good record, this horse. He's a four-year-old, but he's won eight from 23, and that was his first black type win yesterday, Mike Khalifa. Special mention, too, of course, to Ben and J.D. Hayes. They trained to treble at the Adelaide track yesterday. Next Saturday, their carnival begins with the Australasian Oaks. We're in the home straight here on Past the Post. We've got to have a look at Mornington or listen to Mornington because the Cup was the feature. Here's the replay.
He's a shocker early at the 400. Race to the front. Right you are after him. Vow and Declare batting away. Herman Hesse making some ground. Non-conformist with nowhere to go as they turn. He's a shocker a length in front. Right you are knows what winning's all about. He looms up to he's a shocker. Then came Herman Hesse. He's a shocker and right you are. He's a shocker fighting. Right you are draws alongside. He's a shocker repels him. He's a shocker right you are nothing in it. Right you are with a last stride and he's a shocker. I'm not sure in the cup. Herman Hesse ran third then either nonconformist Benno Yappet Vow and Declare swords drawn rebel racer well back is Kimura pulling up with Kibosh. Well, Terry Bailey was right to be not sure. It was a desperately close finish. Right, you are got the bob in, which earns him entry to the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, and I think um, had it been a dead heat, which it looked like being for a while, as we waited for the photo to come up, seemed to have taken an eternity. I think that horse would have won it on protest anyway, with ease of shocker veering out. But I do have a quick, interesting question for you, David. Mm. If that had been a dead heat and the winner gets automatic entry into the Caulfield Cup, what happens? They can't put both horses in the Caulfield Cup, can well, they? What well, we can't do? Well... I mean, the, the, well, traditionally, the horse that wins this runs 100 lengths last in the Caulfield Cup. But yeah, well, I don't think right you are run 100 no, lengths, not, not 100 lengths last. Uh, but I, I will say one thing. <coughs> out of that win yesterday, it does frank the form of White Marlin, doesn't it? Because oh, White Marlin beat him pretty comfortably in Sandown a couple of weeks ago. But this horse has had issues along the way. I think he started with Mick Price, but he's now, of course, with Mario Eustace. Ten wins from 22 starts. That means he wins one in every two. And they described him yesterday as a rehab horse. Like That's a, a fair effort. Like He obviously had a lot of problems, as you said. So for a, quite, rehab horse to come and do this, um, he's just kept raising the bar. I've kept sort of wanting to back something else in his races, but proved me wrong. Again. Unusually. <laughs> but our final replay is the feature spread, the Hariba. Jigsaw to the bend first. The little horse from the Apple Isle moving up Turk Warrior. Not an option. Needs a run. Then bless her. The Inferno to the extreme outside. Jigsaw in front. Kicked away. Led a length and a half. Trying hard. Turk Warrior. Not an option. The Inferno's running on, but Jigsaw's in front. He's cutting them to shreds, Jigsaw. Jigsaw, it's the real Jigsaw today. Raced home to win from the Inferno and not an option. Possibly that order from She's All Class. Then bless her. Back in behind them would have been Turk Warrior. Sessions Road, Karen and Bell CL last in. He's simply a speed horse. You use his speed and he provides the results. He's a multiple listed winner. There was another one on the board yesterday with the Hariba, but we know, of course, he's also won a Group 2 level when he won the Australia Stakes at the Valley earlier in the year. He was simply too quick for them. Yeah, he was. Um, was never going to lose. I thought it was nice to see the Inferno back to some semblance of form running uh, second. I think, the did the Inferno run in an Everest? I think may have, or at least had a slot there, I think, at one point. So, look, was really highly thought of. So, nice to see, um, you know, that horse back on the board to some extent. Now, a bit of wash-up, David, just around the traps. Uh, obviously, in Sydney, there was a... <coughs> You know, really interesting story yesterday with Zach Lloyd, mm. the apprentice weighing in 1.3 kilos light on a place getter. Uh, that horse was disqualified. Uh, he offered to pay uh, the connections of the disqualified horse, this is Zach Lloyd, the $11,250 in prize money he cost them by weighing in light. But I understand I've been contacted this morning uh, by a friend of one of the connections, and the connections have got together and said, Look, we appreciate the offer. Uh, it's not ideal, but we don't want your money. So, uh, bad blue there by Zach Lloyd, uh, but obviously a good young kid trying to make amends. Uh, interestingly, his brother Jaden also weighed in light 
in Brisbane uh, in an early race on a horse that ran 10th. It was only 500 grams like though, so the horse didn't get disqualified. He was fined $500, so uh, not a glorious day for the Lloyd boys. No, uh, Zach had the light boots on instead of the heavy boots, apparently. That was the uh, difference in the, in the weight. Hey, Ben, thanks for this morning. and look forward to your company on Press Room tomorrow. See you, David. Ben Dorries joining us here. And don't forget Press Room tomorrow with a new time. We kick off Queensland and Tassie time, 9 o'clock and 8.30 in SA in the Northern Territory. All of our regular panellists, plenty happening tomorrow. Look forward to your company then. You have a good day. Bye-bye.